Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And it was great, like, because Harry kind of said that to me, like, we'd be watching TV and he'd be like, just enjoy it, like, we're here now. And that's what I would say to people is that, like, sit down for the first month and put the feet up and enjoy being there and what you've achieved. Welcome to the next episode of the Get Inner Home series. This series is designed to advise, inspire and educate all home builders, homeowners and renovators. My name is Peter Kilmartin and in this episode we travel to County Limerick to chat with Breed at our newly built home in the Limerick countryside. Breed's done an amazing job and actually self-built the house herself with the help of her family, friends and partner Harry. Don't forget that you can also see this stunning home on the Get In Our Home YouTube channel. Trust me, the size of the window in the hallway alone is worth a look at this episode. I really enjoyed this chat and a really valuable one for those that might not think they're able for the self-built route. Breed will tell you how little she knew about building and how with the right attitude, hard work and lots and lots of research, anything is possible. So let's jump right in. Breed, thank you so much for coming aboard and I really appreciate your time. So thanks very much. The whole idea of the Get In Our Home series is to talk to homeowners like yourselves and to, I suppose, give a little bit of um, guidance and advice for people that might be a little bit behind you in the process. So um, having your advice and guidance is really, really appreciated. You might just start off and tell me a little bit about where we are and, and kind of where we're situated in the country. Yeah, so um, we're about 15 minutes outside Limerick City, um, out in the back of beyonds. Um, so Ahan would technically be down the road. Um, this is Maru, so I've jumped parish, which is quite controversial. But um, so mom and dad would live two miles down the road from us here um, and would have bought this land um, kind of in the 1980s. So it was kind of where we would have brought the cows up in the summertime and kind of milked them up here. So it was kind of like an additional small farm in a sense. Um, so this is where the house is situated at the moment. Um, and yeah, it's a lovely part of the country. And tell me about the name. You said something about the name. Yeah, so it's 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 Maddy Boy is, is where we're from. Um, and in Irish, that would be on Madavui, um, which would be like long ago, I think, when they were doing boundaries between places that they would have hit in a stick um, and it was painted yellow to show the kind of division between places. So that's how this came about here. So I kind of like the Irish language. So I think it's kind of nice uh, to know what the meaning of the place yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, can you imagine growing up 
like did you ever think to yourself oh, I'd love to build on this land like was it ever in your head yeah it's gas because I suppose I grew up at home on the home farm and this was always kind of the place we came in the summer like this is the place that I came with my friends climbing bales and you know, that kind of thing it was kind of a you go to place um, and leave but it's funny in years gone by like I actually lived in Cork for seven years when I qualified as a teacher I was living down there and renting um, and then just kind of this grow to get home came upon me and I used to go walking the whole time and I'd be walking up the road and the land across the way is planted and just kind of like I just thought it was lovely I don't know I always thought the road was really really nice um, and then as it kind of grew closer I could just kind of imagine being here but I still look out and kind of can't believe we're like sunk in this little spot in here but I do I love it yeah it's really really nice and I suppose it's quite nice being so close to your family right yeah yeah like my brother is built next door um, and we're here so we're setting up our own little mafia here at the moment but yeah it's lovely and it's so nice like my brother has like the fencing and I just kind of don't even walk on the road anymore kind of jump the fence and it's really really nice to be close to home and to have family around you and I suppose with self-building that's the big thing about it that it's so important to have like support and family so it's been a blessing even from a safety point of view when you're gone away and you're like oh my brother's next door it's it's lovely and his family so it's great. Tell me a little bit about yourself and deciding to go to self-build route was that always an option? To be honest, it came down to money at the end of the day. Like in a dream world, I kind of went off to the engineer and I had all these plans kind of done myself and all these mad things done and kind of had all these ideas for like zinc canopies and you're going to put this, that and the other. And it does come down to cost at the end of the day. So it was when I went out to tender, I kind of sat down and when I crunched numbers, it just wasn't something that I would have afforded at all. And um, they were just coming in huge prices. You mean going with a builder? Go, yeah. Going, yeah, going with a contract builder for the whole lot. So I just kind of said I couldn't do it. Um, and that if I could cut out the whole contract and go the self-build route, it would just save me money. Um, didn't realise what was coming with it. But look, you're better off to jump into these things not knowing sometimes. But... It was. It was. It was just kind of really money at the end of the day that made the decision. And um, you know, like the early days. Tell me a little bit about um, the design process mm. and those early days of like. Did you know, like, you know, what the house was going to look like? Did you have in your head? Did you go, like, did you go to an architect or an engineer first? Yeah. No, I actually didn't go to an architect at all. So I suppose, as I mentioned previously, I had been in Cork. Um, until about 2016 um, and decided to come up home, move back in with mom and dad um, and was kind of like, what am I doing? Where am I going? I got a great job in Limerick and was delighted, but that was ticked, but kind of wasn't sure. Um, and I just kind of felt that I really wanted to put down roots and kind of said, look, rather than maybe buying a house, I kind of thought that I'd like to build. And I suppose my older brother had gone down that process and I'd seen what he had accomplished in a sense. And for the amount of money and what he got out of it, I just kind of felt that building was amazing, that you could create your home. So that really was kind of resonating with me. Um, so I kind of decided, yeah, that I would do that. And I suppose as a person, I'd be quite creative. So, and the primary school teacher as well, I was out with the laptop and I was doing up little PowerPoints saying, in my house, I would like, kind of a thing um, or drawing things like greaseproof paper from the kitchen from mom and these kind of silly things and but like researching I suppose and I was going sorry like, don't tell me you went to an engineer with a powerpoint I did yeah I did I did I'd say he was like this one now is for the birds but um 
yeah, I did. I suppose I kind of felt that if I could put down in words and with visuals what I wanted, I kind of felt if I went in and talked to him that maybe he wouldn't understand what I meant or kind of see my vision in a sense. And I just kind of felt if I had something created that he could kind of take away and say, like, this girl means business. Um, and I suppose that's maybe something like when you are doing this as a girl and stuff that people are looking at you. So I kind of really wanted to hit the ground running. And show them that you were serious about what you yeah, were doing. Like, yeah. yeah, and I knew kind of what I wanted. And I suppose getting back to your question, I did have a vision for what it was going to be. Now, it has changed slightly in what we have here now and stuff. But the overall kind of L-shaped, old meets new, stone, clean lines, all of those things were always in my head. Yeah. And... Um, how did the planning process go? Uh, I found that actually the most stressful. Um, and I don't know if other people feel like that, but I just kind of felt like I got turned down the first time. So like I'm the farmer's daughter, gifted the site by mom and dad. So luckily um, in this day and age, but um, it was more the orientation of the house. Like there were silly things about like the colors of the tile and having a bank and earthen bank and all these silly things. And was it um, visible on the road? And they were all worried about those kind of things. It was mainly the orientation of the house. Um, I suppose the fact that I'm not facing the road that it's kind of a different design so they turned me down the first time what was their problem with that um they kind of they weren't happy that the house wasn't facing the road like the other houses like that I wasn't following the style that was there previous to me and really interesting my brother when he had built it was the fact that his his roof wasn't reflecting the roof that had gone before him but then when it came to me they just kind of wanted slates so I suppose there isn't really that continuity with them you just don't know how it's going to go it's a real lottery maybe getting planning but um, I found that quite stressful because I wasn't sure if my vision for the house was going to go through or would I have to compromise on something just to get planning. So I did find that kind of a little bit disheartening as a process because even though the build is hard, there's always progress. There's always something new that you can go, oh my God, amazing. Whereas with that, it's so unknown and your kind of ideas in somebody else's hands. So you get planning, it's all guns blazing. Yeah. Uh, what happened next then in terms of, you know, were you literally the ones sorting out suppliers, sorting out logistics, sorting out? Yeah, yeah. So like in a way it was great, all the planning side of it. And then the reality kicks in and you're ringing suppliers and you're trying to find block layer and all of these kind of things. So yeah, it, it became very real, very quick. So you've done all the solicitor side of things and the banks and all of that paperwork. And, and then it's all guns blazing, trying to get some lad in with a digger to kind of dig out the site. And I suppose because it's a sloped site as well, we're two meters down in the, the farthest corner. So there was, there was earth going here there and everywhere for days just trying to kind of open up the site in that sense yeah so that was a mad couple of days looking at that and so hard to kind of imagine the house sitting into that you know but yeah no it, it's it's come together anyway and and like were you nervous about that breed like because a lot of people are so when they when they think about self-building they go like I'd actually hate to be ringing people and were you nervous about yeah, that? Yeah like I would find like that do you know like when you're younger and you see your parents going into a shop and like haggling for a price or something 
I was never like that. I'd be kind of quite shy about things or I'd be like, oh, thanks very much and afraid to offend people. But you kind of get a thicker skin, I find. And once you've done your research, people take you a little bit more seriously because I did find in the beginning that you were ringing and you were like, hi. And they were like, who is this girl? And then you're going, I'm just wondering about this. And then they're like, oh, she kind of knows her business. And um, once you know what you're on about, people really respect you and people were so kind. Um, and like even the trades that were on site were so good to me. Um, but yeah, you do really, really need to know what you're at. Um, to when you're of, talking to certain people. Yeah, and, I think if you kind of go in and just expect the house to kind of fall into place, it's not going to happen with the self-build. Like there's there's a lot involved in it. And, and it is intimidating, but I do think it's almost like kind of growing up. You grow up with the house yourself. Um, you get a little bit tougher. You get a little bit more savvy. Um, and like it's better to have the 10 euro in your pocket than somebody else's. So, and it's that's huge at the end of the day. It's 10 euro. You're like, win for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, moving on through the build then, Breed, <laughs> like, was there any ever times where you were like, not a little bit out of your depth, but you, were, mm. you needed a little bit of specialist help? You know, obviously you went the ICF route and yeah. you had to help with your family in the business, mm. or not in the business, but your cousin was an ICF contractor. Like, was there any ever experiences where you felt like, Oh geez, I really need help here. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, and I suppose like with Seamus, my cousin, like he was constantly sending me a message kind of saying, when this is done, you need to do this, this and this. And by that, I mean like maybe a 10 step process. Like, so the minute one, not even the minute one job was done, you were lining things up for like the next two to three months. But I didn't know that order. Like I, I like being honest, I didn't know what a first fix was. Like I didn't know what a second fix like comprised of I didn't know anything like I kind of knew bits and pieces about a build like obviously your foundation goes in and your rising walls and all of that jazz but like I didn't know the nitty-gritty things like about like like insulating floors and what depth of insulation went down and stuff so I did feel out of my depth quite a bit but what, but what I a great asset to have him oh amazing like and like I would recommend that to anybody like if there was any way that you could like shadow somebody's build or get somebody that would say this comes and then this and then line up this person just so like you had an order a running order in a sense and just having that running order then allowed me to kind of ring around guys and get prices and talk to local lads and say who did your roof or were you happy with this but without that running order I would have felt really out of my depth and come here did you find it hard to find suppliers um, not really to or be tradesmen more yeah, suppliers not really that was never an issue like I was never really ever let down by somebody at one stage one guy said he wasn't coming but he actually did end up coming no, we were really lucky um, and we had two lockdowns with Covid while the build was going on but really really lucky with trades and I suppose like my one piece of advice for people would be like that if a trade came in and you were really really happy with them straight away I was showing them my list and saying I have plasterboarding to be done or I need somebody to plaster outside or who would you recommend for groundwork and they might say god there's this fella and like when they kind of said that you knew that they were really good at their job and kind of Chances assumed are, yeah. the other guy is going to be good or what I often found was that if you got a recommendation of somebody I might ask them who would you like to come in before you 
or who would you like to come in after you? I'd always ask that question. And especially like I found with the plastering, they were like, God, if you got X to do plasterboard, they're so tidy. And then I'll come in and my job is easier. Or like the electrician is saying, God, he's really a really good plasterer that makes our job easier. So those kind of things kind of work hand in hand that if you have somebody good, just ask them. But no, luckily we were never let down and we got a lot of local lads. I think that's a really good way to go because like chances are they'll pass your house at some stage and if they've a dodgy whatever on your house they'll be like oh god but no local lads were really really good to us on the build yeah and come here um did, did you find that there was a big buy-in from local lads because you were going on icf build was there any ever any hesitation there or was it always kind of no no like even like like the electrician like was loving it like with the hot knife and it was going up like butter like he loved that like um delighted with that no and i suppose what i found when my brother would have built maybe six years previous like men were driving in cars and like stopping on the road and i'd say nearly robbing like some of the some of the icf blocks just for the look like or dad was chatting to everybody in the mart about it but like with mine, I suppose it was a little bit more common by the time I'd built. So it wasn't this, what kind of a house is that? But you still get that the odd time, like people going, why is that gray? And it looks a bit bizarre, but yeah. And then throughout the project, what was, you know, what was the worst day of the project? What was the day you look back and you go, geez, that was rough. Uh, I'd say it was probably like there's there was quite a few of them I won't lie there was days that you were going oh my god but what do you mean in terms of stress yeah stress levels and I suppose like when you're working full-time and trying to get the house up and going it is stressful but um and how did you do that you would finish work and come here straight away or what would yeah you do? yeah like I kind of or like with teaching like we're so lucky that our day is that little bit shorter and stuff um I was actually in college as well at the time studying so that it was kind of mad juggling everything. But I suppose that nearly forced me to be super organized as well, that I knew that I had to kind of put this amount of time. And I was really lucky I'd kind of get my school stuff sorted and park that and then get on to ringing lads or texting or whatever. And like my family and like my boyfriend and stuff were amazing. Like they all just kind of rallied in around me and would ring people or collect supplies and stuff. But you just have to be super, super organized with stuff like that. And then, um, you know, the, you, you said that there was some stressful days. Was oh, there yeah. one in particular that stood out? Yeah, like I would say probably one of them was, I remember like the block layer was here one evening and he was kind of saying, look, listen, I can go to another job. The blocks are outside, but if they were inside for Monday morning. So this is when now we were doing the internal walls <laughs> in block. And I was looking out like at like pallets and pallets of concrete blocks going, oh my God, so went down to dad and dad was like look I'll come up with the tractor and the grab and you just go inside and we get them onto the scaffolding and then dad literally stood at the window like our corner window in our bedroom upstairs now and dad handed them into me and then and then actually funny enough I was on midterm that week and I actually stayed on and labored for the week and literally stacked the blocks and they're the kind of things like that you do like my friends would always be laughing and they were like we saw your Instagram like I can't believe like you were like up in the attic putting in rock hole or you were like hand in blocks and I was like you just do it because you kind of feel like 
you're in, you're invested in the house so much like why not just kind of lose the nails and get roll up the sleeves and do it like but and I suppose as well like it's money as well you kind of yeah. say if I'm doing this 100%. somebody else isn't so it, La- I think um, labour is probably one of the most expensive parts oh, of the build oh labour shocking yeah, yeah shocking like so you kind of go okay my supplies are this and you're totting everything up in your little book and stuff and then all of a sudden you're there going oh my god like the cost of labour on top of that so that's a kind of constant, yeah. And and did you find then throughout the project, did you find it hard to manage the different trades and going between each one? Did you find that hard? Um, in the beginning, yes. But then over time, you kind of get into a routine. So it's kind of almost like plaguing them in a sense, if that makes sense, that you'd kind of give them like, say, for example, the plumber, you would say to him, like, I'll be ready for you in four weeks. And I suppose the way I looked at it was that I was one job in his oceans of jobs that he had going on so if I was to keep telling him and updating him like sending him a text message saying hi Breed here again I'm going to be calling on you in three weeks calling on you in two weeks are you all set for next week and if you kept lining them up you knew that they were coming so I kind of felt that that was a really good thing to do rather than just assuming that they'll remember because they're so busy and they're going to so many houses they can't r- probably remember everybody do you know and, and they're brilliant and it's not about plaguing you know you're oh, being no, nice about no, it no yeah, yeah 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 but you just you I suppose you do feel like I think like, that's really good advice though yeah, yeah to stay in contact with your trades constantly and, yeah. yeah and I think like one quick text message and like even they appreciate it as well like or a quick phone call and it's all sorted yeah. yeah, yeah, and like I think another big thing as well is is just that communication. You know, you don't want somebody to come and go. You never told me that. Yeah, you know what I mean. To have that communication there, I think yeah. is really important. Um, you know, you talk a lot about a budget and going to that build route. Was there a lot of um, uh, budgeting? You know, decisions made, and was there a lot of things made to? cut costs yeah yeah and like there's a lot of I suppose the other side of the self-build it's fantastic to save money but there is a lot of hidden costs as well that do you know like if you do go with a contractor like it's broken down to like every nail every stone that's brought on for groundwork or whatever but I suppose I kind of found like that some trade would come in on site and you'd agreed on a price and then something might go wrong or they might need an extra bit of wood or whatever and then they're kind of sending you for things and all those kind of 10 and 20 and 100 euro trips all add up so there is kind of like a hidden cost or they might kind of say to you this is the supplies and then you say okay grand and you go and get them but then they might be short like a bag of this or like a whatever it might be and they all add up and they're coming out of your pocket Whereas like when you have a contractor, like that's all absorbed, yeah. absorbed in yeah. it. So you do find that that's kind of, I suppose, maybe a negative of it. Like you have to be very, very careful with budgeting because like I was writing everything down. Like I'm, I know people have Excel sheets and all of that. And there's an amazing actually um, page on Facebook. Um, I think it's like Self Builders in Ireland or something like that. Um, and what they do is they have like kind of like a budgeting scheme built out and they've everything broken down and costs. So it's a great way to track and a great way to kind of have an running order as well. But um, I was old school. I'd like a paper and pen and a little booklet and I wrote everything down. But you have to be very careful and then you know your money's coming in at a certain stage from whichever drawdown you're getting. But it is. And that's stressful. Like one of the things when you asked about a bad day, 
I remember the bank, it was hard, really, really hard to get my first draw down. And I remember it was like the week before Christmas. Why, Why was that? They were just, I don't know really, to be honest with you. Anytime I rang them, like at one stage they were saying that I put down the wrong address that I'd written my bank in Limerick when it should have been like the offices in Dublin and like silly, silly little things. Um, and it was the week before Christmas and lads were like roaring at me for money and I hadn't gotten a draw down and I pumped all my money into the house and I was just going, oh my God. Like, that's stressful I think like things going wrong I would always say to people like that it can be fixed but I think money stress is a different kind of stress and it just kind of creeps in on you and you get worried especially when people are in your ear and people and like that's fair enough it's Christmas week and lads want to be paid and you've promised them you will pay them so I did find that like anything that was related to money does get stressful very very stressful but anything that's kind of broken or like trades are amazing they'll always go look there's a way around that or we can do this there's always a way of fixing things yeah like I think it's really interesting that the the budgeting side of things is probably one of the most stressful parts Mm. of a build as opposed to the build itself yeah Um, yeah but like were there specific areas that you had to cut costs oh yeah like in the beginning like we were going with a standing seam over the door um, like the utility was in in the budget like we were going to get it painted on the inside Um, and just as you get closer to the end like and I know loads of people will say this you can get the shell of a house up no problem and you put a certain amount of money into it and you're like oh this building crack is is grand and then you go to finish the inside and just the money just disappears disappears Disappears. so it's those kind of things like ideally we would have had it painted moving into it Um, we were going to put that standing seam over the door Um, little bits and pieces like that the utility would have been done with the kitchen whereas we pushed that out and kind of said listen could we get six months? Can we think about it? And and like people are great, like because they're so busy as well. They're like, grant another job that we can do at another time. But um, yeah, no, people are great that way. But there is things that you do, and I suppose just like with the when you're drawing up the house, there is certain things that you're like, oh, let's put in limestone windowsills, and then you see the cost of them, and you're like, let's go concrete, those kind of things. But yeah, like we would have loved the standing seam over the door, just kind of as another feature and stuff, but. That's parked for now, but look, save a bit of money. Future, yeah, 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 might come back. Um, so I have a lot of questions about like systems and and the kind of the main bones of the house. Mm. Did you go with um, the common air to water? Yeah, How yeah. have you found that? Yeah, so we went with the Daikin system. Um, really, really good. Like it's it's tricky enough. Like it's like a computer system in there, and there's buttons and whatever. But the guy that fitted it was actually fantastic and kind of gave us a crash course. And I was out with the phone and recorded everything he was doing. Um, so that was really, really good. There's a little bit of fiddling with it, but that's it, actually a really good tip. Oh, it is. Yeah. It is. It actually is. So I was like, "Will you just show me?" Because unless you're shown, you don't know. Yeah, of course. So just we can watch that back then, and he's gone through the whole system. And even a friend of mine wasn't sure how to like drop the levels and the floors. And I went down one evening, and I was like, feeling great about myself. But that's just because I asked and 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 saw. And then you went with underfloor. Yeah, yeah. So we've underfloor downstairs and upstairs. Okay. Um, and then the Daikin system yeah it's brilliant yeah like you've hot water all the time on demand yeah, yeah on yeah. demand and like little things then we ask kind of questions like there's the two of us in the house at the moment like if we have four people over now with COVID you've nobody over but if you did and he showed us how to like bump up the water intake and all of these like kind of clever things that you're not having it on constantly for five people when we can just have it for two so just really clever kind of money saving things and um 
like do, how do you how have you noticed the electricity side of things are you using a lot more power is it expensive no like I, the first bill like floored us and i suppose that's something for people to be what, why just i think we were drying out the house right and we had it on constant so we had gone from it being dropped for like the floors to, to win and stuff like that and then we were just kind of giving the house a good dry out before we moved in um, and that was a really high bill because it was on high and it was on constant. But since then, like, it's so manageable. Like, it's ridiculous, really. Like, for the size of the house, like, the bills are really, really kind of economical and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, no, I do. I would. And I was a bit cynical. I was like, oh, all these people say it's so economical and stuff. But it really is now. We're in since April and you're talking about the summer months. And, yeah. like, we don't have much heating on. We have it, like, I think it's 15 degrees is the lowest the floors will go down to and we have it at that constantly um, but yeah and I suppose with all the glazing like you've so much solar gain as well but yeah it's it's a it's a level of comfort oh yeah that um, if you've never been in a new house it's just it's a different experience nearly yeah. you know that sort of way yeah you know, if, you, if you've been in a traditional house, say, 30, 40 years, and you come to a new build, it's like an oven. Yeah. Isn't it? Like yeah, and it's funny, like, because, like, I grew up in, like, the traditional bungalow, and, you know, like, in the wintertime, you're going out on a night out, and you go for your shower, and you come out, and it's Baltic, and you're, like, running into your room to get qu- dressed and ready as quick as you can. And then here, you're, like, strolling around in a pair of shorts. You know, it's it's gas. Like, but it is. It's it's the comfort, like, that you have with the new build. It's amazing. Um. I want to talk to you a lot about interior mm. and interior design. I absolutely love the interior design. Yeah. I need to see a smile on your face coming <laughs> there because I know it's a big part of yeah. your input. Um, the, one of the things I always think is really interesting when you look at a house, like especially like this, where there's so much um, different aspects of the mm. interior design. And um, like, did you have a plan? for each room? Like I know you have the bathrooms and you have the kitchen and stuff. Was there a plan there, Breed, or was it kind of go as you come? Um, or come as you go even. yeah I'd say a bit of both really um, like both of us myself and Harry would kind of be very very similar in our styles um, which is great uh, really handy when you're picking things and stuff but no I suppose in a way like I'm the girl that was on Pinterest constantly and looking at gorgeous houses on Instagram and kind of taking inspo from places but I suppose I had a very clear vision for the house and more maybe a theme I think in a sense if that makes sense that like it was kind of like quite modern but like kind of aspects of old through so you'd kind of have the new married with the old and just I didn't want that kind of feel that you're walking into like a dentist surgery and it's very clinical like like we've the whole house miscoated in white and it's probably the best thing we ever did like it hasn't been painted properly you probably see but um it's just a miscoat but it gives us this like white blank canvas and then everything I kind of feel nearly pops off that which I really really love but I suppose going back to your question yeah we did in a sense like we kind of saw things were very decisive the two of us and just knew straight away yeah that's what we want or and now like if you were to ask Harry like he comes home and he's like oh there's a new rug or the rug has moved and I'm like I'm trying it somewhere else like you do fiddle around with a lot of things and and like you know like 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 did you did you have plans for certain rooms like like oh yeah like I think the bathrooms that was probably my big thing and the kitchen they were kind of my big projects that I wanted color and I wanted personality so I kind of knew I wanted a black and white bathroom downstairs kind of kind of industrial kind of vibe to it and then I knew I wanted a pink bathroom kind of a green bathroom and then a white and blue one I didn't want kind of gray or beige I wanted 
pops of colour. Sorry, how many bathrooms is that? <laughs> that that's a um, and, and then the kitchen itself. Um, tell me a little bit about the design and the top process behind it because I think it's really interesting. Yeah, so like when, like originally, it's kind of funny, like before the house ever went off, I was off and I was driving to kitchen places and I was showing them the plans as they were and people were telling me this, that and the other. And then I kind of parked it, funnily enough. I'd done loads of research in kitchens and I kind of knew what I wanted, but a lot of people were kind of telling me, oh, put the sink under the window and you'll have to have an extractor fan here and where's your hob going to go? And The like, triangle. Yeah, yeah, that kind of a triangle and like I really wanted an island kind of some form of an island I just thought that was a lovely feature um, and then they were kind of saying well, your island's going to be very small and the space that you're working with and then we have the hidden pantry as well so I was kind of telling this to people and I felt like they were listening to me but maybe not hearing what I was saying so um, we actually went with Savvy um, from Thurless in the end and it was probably one of the best decisions we ever made they were just like we went up um, and we worked with Dawn in Savvy who was amazing and what I loved about her was she told me no sometimes like I felt like other places were going oh yeah you can do that no problem what do you want and it was all yes 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 and we didn't hear no and you kind of went away feeling like oh sure we can get anything but we couldn't in a sense um, so they were brilliant um, and we kind of went with them wanting something modern but also wanting something quite homely and warm so I suppose that's why we have the oak presses like they're they're quite a warm feature even though it's like a, a wall of presses um but it's really really nice and absolutely love the kitchen yeah and you were even telling me earlier about the future-proof aspect oh, of, yeah, the, of like, the oak yeah so a lot of people I suppose at the moment are maybe going with like two-tone I know two-tone is really in and we really liked that idea as well so we went with navy um for the peninsula and then on top then for the oak like for future proofing we could technically paint that like we could get it sprayed grey in 10 years time or we could go green or whatever is in vogue at the time but um, to be honest I can't see us changing I just think the oak is lovely um, and it brings that warmth to the white room and I suppose with the vaulted ceiling as well it's just it's a nice feature and again Savvy were amazing they got us to do the bulkhead Okay. Yeah. so rather than the presses finishing and having this huge space above and like even dad I remember saying like god you're losing so much space and then mom was like but what would you put in that space yeah. like what are you going to store Just up there factor. Dust collector, exactly. Yeah. So it was Savvy that kind of said to us, would we do the bulkhead over it? And it just makes it really slick. It's yeah, a lovely finish. Yeah, it's really finish. clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and tell me about, how did you get rid of the extractor fan idea? Yeah, so we have an induction hob um, on the peninsula. And again, we don't have an island. We have a peninsula. So that's funny. Some people are like, oh, I love your island. I'm like, technically, it's attached to the wall. Okay, it's yeah. even like at home, they're like, it's a peninsula. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I'm only messing with that. But um, <laughs> yeah, so the, the hob is um, on the island and then it's ducted down. So you're extracting and does that down. work? Like, is it oh, good? Oh, yeah, yeah. I can so imagine we, if you're cooking a big curry or something, yeah. would it be strong enough to take No, it? it's actually, it's amazing. And, and it's funny, like you can actually actually feel the extraction at your feet like when you're standing there like the pull of the the draft of air and then does that go to the exterior wall yeah yeah know? so that's pumped out but um it's brilliant like it's it's so so good so it's the bora we have um and that was kind of one of the the products that they had above and savvy that kind of swayed us like they were showing us hot water and and it's mad you know when you're at home that's what i found in the beginning when you're at home and you're like boiling an egg or like kind of like melting butter on a pan and you go off and do x y and z you don't do that here because the pan is like 
hot in seconds yeah, like yeah. And everything cooks so much quicker and now maybe it's rose tinted glasses at the moment but yeah yeah it's great it, you're loving it um i really want to ask you about the floor yeah because when i first came into the house i without not taking too much detail but yeah. i actually thought it was a polished concrete floor yeah so it's it's an it's a tile like a polished concrete effect tile so there's like a lovely kind of a, a warm brown and kind of navy speckle to it um, so we just really, really loved it. Like we were humming and hawing about like the whole polished concrete thing. And I suppose what really put me off it was that unless you get the perfect person to do it and there is that unknown until it's polished, what you actually are going to get. And I suppose when we visually saw these in the shop, we fell in love with them. Like they were the first tile we saw in the first shop and we went back wow. to them. It's probably like those girls with the wedding dresses that go back to the original. But um, yeah, so it was, it was just, we fell in love with them. They're just, I suppose what I find about them is that you're not, they don't draw your eye. They're just very soft, but they're, yeah, they're lovely. We love them. And did you get all your tiles from the same place? Yeah, yeah, we actually did. Now we went around to loads of different places, but we ended up going with the local. Probably got a bit more value. Than yeah, you. exactly. When you're kind of giving them the big order and you do find that like when you arrive and you kind of say, listen, I'm giving you the order and they actually tiled as well for us. So mm. it was kind of the whole package. So it was nice. And they're literally five minutes over the road, which is gas. So like if you were missing something it was never a big issue yeah. you're kind of like staying local there's amazing like kind of benefits to mm. just being able to pop over the road or even with them they'll be like oh sure look breed we'll drop it down monday morning when we start there was none of this we need to meet you friday evening and have it on site so those things really help and um the rest of your furniture in the house like was that just bits and bobs grabbed here and there or did you go to a specific place to get all your furniture yeah there's there's kind of a mix um so not to too much detail no no but like, no yeah. but like we browsers in limerick is where we got like our kind of corner sofa um which is a gorgeous shop in limerick and then kind of like easy living in casey's and all of these kind of shops we got kind of got big bulky things in there like beds and corner lockers and then we have a lot of like um like a table and chairs from mom and dad we've like kind of a funky old radio from that we've robbed like begged borrowed and stealed from where we could like i've a, a bed that my brother was getting rid of upstairs and just bits like that like and i suppose that's the other thing like originally i wanted to kind of move into this palace and now when people come i'm like don't open that door that's not done but that's the reality yeah. of it like as, yeah. as i said the utility is just a room with a washing machine in it and all our plants but like that's the reality yeah, of the build. And, and and the other side of it then was like that I, I was unsure like I am very specific about what I like but then sometimes when you actually live in a home you get such a different feel for it like that you just kind of see a room in a different light and even though you had planned to be this or that that you can see it in a different light and maybe what you had planned for your couch or your bed yeah. might not work so, and have you found that you've made changes to your original plan since you've come in? Now, a lot of it, like we were kind of like the good room inside that Seamus was thrown into there a while ago, like that, we were kind of saying, God, maybe could we do something different with that? And I suppose that was the big idea with the house as well, that there's kind of corners, like up at the top of the stairs, we have kind of like a little library and we want to have a little open plan office that we wanted just kind of nooks that would evolve with the house like I love that. that. Do you know, yeah. like down the line under the stairs, if it was going to be like kind of a, a reading place or whatever it might be as you evolve as a couple or a family or whatever it might be that like the house would evolve. But some rooms you do kind of say, God, we could have done this or maybe we were too quick to buy the couch. You know, it could be like a pool room or something, but no, we're happy with most of it. The future can still um, hold changes <laughs> yeah. is what you're getting at yeah. there. Um, tell me a little bit about the fireplace. 
oh yeah so this is this, this gas actually with the fireplace because this was probably one of the first things on Pinterest. I saw this fireplace and a fire seat and I was telling people about it and it was the kitchen crowd that actually made the kind of bench in the end. So like it's it's brilliant. We use it all the time. But halfway through the build, I did get like itchy feet. And Why? I think like lots of people were saying like, oh, it's open plan and the flow and it's breaking the flow. And I was very much, should we go open plan or should we kind of break it off slightly? But I, I kind of, in my heart knew it was going to be a feature and I kind of knew that it would be cool. And I kind of had to trust my gut, I suppose is what I'm saying like that. During a build, lots of people can kind of try and sway you mm. other ways and you kind of have to stick with your gut. So I had this one picture on Pinterest that I was going off and I was just going to stick to that. So I wanted like a jewel sided fireplace that we would see it in the kitchen and then have it in our little snug area. And then I also wanted the fire seat that I knew the TV would be in the corner and it's gas like we would, like one of us would be thrown out in the couch and then the other will sit across on the bench and like we use the bench then as like a banquet bench for dining as well. So you're eating dinner and then the legs swivel over and we're watching TV. But I love, I love this feature in here. Um, and it makes this area more cozy as well. Yeah, Even yeah, though it's open plan, like we, it just makes it cozy. It kind of closes it off. Yeah, bit. yeah. I can't imagine you've lit it too many times though. Once, yeah. Really? And that yeah. was on the advice to light it by the, the company we bought it from just to make sure it was working. Right. And you know, your draft was pulling out and all of yeah. that. But yeah, I don't know. Now in the winter, like I'm a real kind of grown up in a house with the stove and I know it's so topical like on Instagram and all of these votes about stove and not stoving and stuff but like I love it and I know people say it's the most expensive thing you'll put into the house but like originally I was going with a much more expensive one I was going with the stove axe that was thousands um, and then I actually went back in you and pulled back yeah, yeah and kind of revisited what we had as an ope and just kind of said to them what can I do um, and my cousin Seamus actually came up and we actually made just the ope that little bit bigger um, and just kind of chipped away that we had a couple of mil on either side and we just went with a like a much more reasonable stove so there is scope like it wasn't that expensive in the grand scheme of things and it's not coming out there's a steel beam running above it so it's in for life but yeah and um, you know, throughout the build process, there's so many things going on, so many moving parts. And mm. um, when you look back at it now, Breed, is there anything that you would change or any mistakes that you might advise people not to make? Yeah, I suppose that kind of comes back to the point there about like people telling you what you can and can't have. Um, and I suppose in particular towards the end of the build, like the finish line is in sight and you can taste the new house, like you're so close that you kind of, well, me personally, I felt like that I got a little bit kind of eager to get in and a little bit happy to kind of just say, oh, look, that'll do, like to compromise, I suppose, a little bit. So um, you'd like, be saying don't compromise. Yeah, 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 I think you have to stay really strong until the end. And like little things like I had this image in my head that I wanted to go with like old school skirting. That was one thing that just something really, really small and minimalistic and that you didn't really see. And I found it and like researched about it and found a company that did it. And when I went to them, the rep there was like, oh, you're absolutely mad. That's not gone in since the 80s. And who does that? And that got in my head. And usually I'd be quite good to say no. And he was like, no, 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 look at this one. And I think when sometimes when you're looking at something in isolation as well, you're like, oh my God, yeah, no, it is lovely. Yeah. And then when you think of the grand scheme and your whole picture, 
Um, and then later on then on Instagram, this house that I follow, I saw that they put their architrave down a skirting and I was like, it's so simple but I didn't think of it. And what did, did you go with the old one in the end or you went with the new one? So I went with the new one in the end. Now, but it's lovely. Like, yeah. and I'd say I'm the only one that sees these things. But for me, it's kind of something in my head that I was going, why didn't I kind yeah. of problem solve? And like, look at that house and they were so clever and they yeah, just got yeah. their architrave down and it's slick. But um, no, it's, and it's not. It's probably sounds like, like, you know, kind of like, but I think it goes back to that point of, you know, just really sticking to your guns and knowing oh, what you yeah. want and having that vision. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people can get swayed and yeah. it's very hard, especially when there's so many people shouting in your ear between trades and mm. suppliers and, you know, reps. And yeah. just, you know, you need to really have that, that, I suppose, image in your mind of what you're going for. Yeah. And I think like I mentioned in the beginning as well, like what you see and maybe what a trade might see is very, very different. Like they're looking at a specific job, yeah. whereas you're looking well, at Well, nobody is going to love this as much as no, you. No, nobody. Yeah, Which you're is, looking at the whole yeah. kind of canvas, I think, in a sense, whereas they're looking at a very kind of like isolated part of the job. So yeah, I would definitely say to kind of stick to your guns and your gut as much as you can, because it's your house at the end of the day and you don't want to be pleasing somebody else. You want to have what you love. And, um, on the completely other side of that coin, what is your favorite part of the home? What's the one thing that you just love so much? I love the stairs and I love the, the corner window there. Uh, I love it from the outside. I love it from the inside. Um, yeah, it's fab. It was kind of, that was something that like my whole idea like was that you would come in the front door and it would be kind of peeking in the corner and you'd be like, oh, and then you'd go around and kind of see it. It almost feels like a hotel in a sense. Yeah. Like, and it's the scale it's of it. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because I had seen photos of it on your Instagram mm. and then when I came here, it's the first thing I said to you. Yeah. Breed, it's absolutely massive yeah it is huge and it's just a real feature yeah. um and i suppose like the whole idea with the house was that like this was going to be our living quarters and then you'd kind of move to the two flat story blocks in a sense and that just kind of is the last part of the flat block and then you've your two stories so i just think it's a really real feature and it's gorgeous and we spend so much time outside like the summer has been pretty good and um, so we kind of sit outside in the retaining wall and you're kind of looking in and it's even funny if somebody's popping up the stairs you're like hey yeah, yeah, yeah. waving at each other you yeah, feel yeah. like you're kind of on holidays or something yeah, but yeah. I love it and so glad like that people had said to me you'd have to break the pane of glass or was it going to work and stuff but it did and how and we got the there. hell did they get in there was there a big crane here or what did no 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 so it was um and I have to give a shout out to the the window company they were fantastic um Yahal Glass in Nina um so when I went down to them like obviously we had to go wood so that it could hold the pane of glass um, and just, I'd say, five lads came and they had ropes. It was like a pulley system and they just fired the two of them in. Yeah, they were amazing. Um, and that's like, that's another love, I suppose. Like the windows, we did definitely blow the budget with the windows. Like I had a specific amount of money and that did Doubled, not work. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it didn't double, but it, it did, definitely didn't work out. But it's something I'd never change. Like, so we've actually solid wood everywhere. Like the doors are solid wood, all the windows. Um, and then the two-story part of the house, we have like the lacquered pine. So I know jewel colours are really in at the moment and stuff. But um, yeah, I love the lacquered pine. There's that, that lovely warmth and kind of a Scandi vibe to it. Yeah, there really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's really, really nice. I think it's very, it's a, it's a very future-proof sort of window, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's not really in vogue. It's kind of going to stay. Yeah, you know yeah, I, mean? I think so. And like the other side of that, then again, like the kitchen, like if you did want to paint them down the line, you could. Yeah. 
Um, now I can't see myself no, doing no. that, but um, yeah, like there, that option is there. But it's just, I suppose we didn't, we weren't sure about putting like the RAL is seven oh one six on these ones here, but we weren't really sure about putting that everywhere. I think here it frames the pictures really, really nicely that we have outside. But upstairs we wanted something just a little bit softer, and I think the wood is lovely. Sorry, did you just name the color code of the windows? Yeah, Jesus, <laughs> that's very impressive. So come here. Um, what date did you move in? Do you remember? Yeah, the 4th of April. Yeah. And was that, uh, that was this year? Yeah, yeah. So, so let me think of that. So were we in a lockdown then or that was just, uh, so we had March and then we went to Christmas. Um, so no, we weren't no, in lockdown No, we then. weren't in lockdown. No. Like we had two lockdowns during Before the Before that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The first one being like. The most severe. Yeah, yeah, that was really hard. That was kind of two months shut shop. Um, and we were at roof level at that stage as well. So that was really hard. Like we were so close to being yeah. tight, like kind of like watertight, which would have been brilliant. But um, it all worked out okay. And did COVID have much of an impact on you? Um, bar the kind of the stops. Yeah. Like, so the first one, obviously, like we nothing happened. And then by the time the second one came, then um, the government had kind of announced that if you were close enough to nearly getting in, that you couldn't continue. Okay, so yeah. we were lucky in that sense that that happened. But um yeah, it was tough, like, but the only side of it, like, that um, in the beginning, the stairs was going to be slightly different, and I actually changed it during lockdown. Like, there were certain things during lockdown that just gave me that time to breathe. Oh, yeah, okay. That I kind of found, like... You had time to focus yeah, on the project while like, everything you know, was stopped. It's, it's yeah, so yeah. kind of gung-ho that, like, those two months, it was like, well, I can't go up to the house, and I'm not sweeping out floors every weekend or washing windows or whatever it might be. And I was like, I might as well just go research things. And that's what I found. It's a really good attitude. Yeah. yeah, and it was really good. And, like, I found that that two months, in a sense, like, it is so intense that you just kind of you had that kind of moment to breathe and just kind of think about things and like even look to the future about like beds or couches or those kind of things that aren't so important when you're in the building process but become super important later on with lead times that's, yeah, yeah. And, and trying to figure that out then with yeah. COVID yeah of course I'm sure you're going to have a big party soon or oh, a yeah. big yeah, I think, I'd say so. Yeah, my dad retired yesterday, so we were talking about oh doing like God, a big yeah. dinner party or something. Oh, be nice, be but it'd be lovely just to have friends and stuff up. I think it's kind of lonely in a sense moving in. Um, you're just kind of there and you're like, oh, yay. And nobody kind of comes. But I think that's all changing now with yeah. the kind of vaccinations and stuff. So that'll be great. It'll be lovely. I suppose, as you said, like people have seen the kind of Instagram page that I have running for the house and stuff. And then they come and they're like, oh, wow. Like I didn't realize that slider was that big yeah. or oh that room looks I think big. scale sorry to um, shout but I think scale is really hard to get across oh. on Instagram when you see the house it's like wow yeah. it really is wow like, yeah. You know. yeah and I think since we kind of started a bit of the groundwork as well when you drive up the road like we had a moment the last day that I don't know where we were in the car and we were driving back and we generally come the other road and when we came off the other road and it was just like in front of us and it was kind of one of those wow moments that you go oh my god like it's we've done it and we're here and yeah it's great Class, class. Um, I want to take you back to that very first night's sleep. Yeah. So you decide that you're both going to sleep there that night and you have probably a good night's sleep and you wake up in the morning. What was that like? Describe that feeling to me. Yeah, like we actually did um, New Year's Eve here as well because we had thought that we'd be in for Christmas um, and then with COVID, we weren't. So we actually kind of rang in the new year here as well, which was lovely. So we actually had that exact table and chairs. 
um, and had like kind of like a Christmas kind of like throw thrown out on it and like rung in the new year here. So that was lovely to do that. Like, um, um, and that was kind of a really special moment. But I suppose the first night here, do you know what? To being completely honest, it's very alien. You feel like you're in an Airbnb or something because you put so much time into the house and what every little part is going to be and what it looks like that you actually don't imagine living in it. Well, I didn't anyway. I didn't think about the whole living in it part. So when I woke up in the morning, it was a bit like, oh, this isn't usually the side of the bed that I'm at or the locker is a bit weird here. You'd, I, I personally, um, Harry was delighted. He like walked in the door, closed the door and couldn't have been happier to be here. Um, I found it a bit weird. I think I, I don't know, maybe is it girls or something? I'd invested so much in the house that I actually didn't take the time to reflect on the actual getting in. I'm always like, even when I'm talking to you, I'm like, there's a speck of dirt over there in the corner. Do you know that kind of way that I'm constantly thinking of the next thing that I never took that time to kind of reflect on what you've done. And, and it was great, like, cause Harry kind of said that to me, like we'd be watching TV and he'd be like, just enjoy it. Like we're here now. And that's what I would say to people is that like sit down for the first month and put the feet up and enjoy being there and what you've achieved. Yeah, because you know, no home, like, literally every person I've spoken to about this series, and speaking to probably hundreds of people mm -hmm. now, you know, nobody's home is finished. Oh, literally no. nobody's home. So I think that's a really important point to get across is, you know, that you should be enjoying your home as, as you progress through it, yeah. you know? And I think even like if you were to look at your parents or your family, like they'll constantly be doing up a room or painting a room or painting the outside of the house. And like houses are supposed to evolve and supposed to evolve with you. And I think that's what I've learned as well. Like that in the beginning, I almost felt embarrassed that, oh, we don't have the utility or we haven't it painted or don't mind that skirting. We haven't filled in the holes in it yet from the nails. But I think people appreciate knowing how honest you are. Yeah. Even like with Instagram as well, like sometimes I put up like, little funny videos of me doing things like and people will text you and say oh it's great to see you doing that and it's real and like life is real like nothing's perfect like obviously I've cleaned it an inch of its life behind me here but like there's dirty plates in the you know like in the pantry and stuff so that's life and um I, like so so was there that moment where there was like a <sighs> yeah I think it nearly took me a month to get that um and it was just kind of like, you just sit down. I think it was probably nearly sitting on the couch there one evening and you kind of look out and you're just kind of like, oh my God, we're here. And it, it hits you and stuff. So yeah, it's great. You do, you get kind of proud moments or I think it's when people come into the house and kind of see it like, you know, like some of my friends have called up just to see it and kind of get a tour. Um, and when they kind of react, there's that kind of sense of self-satisfaction that you're kind of going, oh my God, like we've actually done this. It's kind of, I think more from other people enjoying it that I enjoy it than rather than sitting down and going, look, it's great, yeah. And uh, what did um, mum and dad say when they came in? Oh yeah, should they love it? Like should they were, like without them, like without all our families, like God, we would have been lost. Like, like Harry's parents with the outside have been superb. Like they're amazing at gardening and stuff. So it's amazing to have their support and help. Um, and give, have given us gorgeous pieces and mom and dad were the same like my god like everything like my mom like has always been my PR like for everything in life and she's been super and dad the same like I suppose being from a farming background and having like the trailer and the hitch and the tractor and having brothers and having loads of uncles 
um, and stuff. It's just been super, like it's been immense. Yeah. Really kind of uh, like a like a nearly a family get, oh, get together complete, in terms of like, help. Like, yeah, yeah, and almost like a community yeah. thing as well because so many of the trades were kind of local lads as well. Like, That's great. So, yeah. do you know when they were coming in to do a job, it might be eight o'clock at night and you're going, do you want a slice of pizza? And they're having a slice of pizza and going, did you hear so-and-so did this or that? And it's just lovely, like, but I suppose for the family as well, you can see how proud they are of you in accomplishing something like this because it is, it's a huge project to take on, but yeah, they're delighted, yeah. So the last question I always ask, which is a funny one, is, is this your forever home? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. There's no, I wouldn't do it again. The whole building thing, yeah. And I suppose, like, I love this house. Like, I just kind of feel like I've put so much of me into it, the thoughts of giving it to somebody else. Now, like, things could change in the future and stuff. You just don't know what's coming. But I think I've poured so much of me into this house, like, the thoughts of letting it go. And I think for the two of us, myself and Harry, like, we've so many plans for the future, like, kind of, doing outside and kind of putting down our roots here I think that I couldn't see us letting go of the house yeah. oh, that's, that's really nice um, that's really it uh, and I just really want to say that it's been a pleasure talking to you and being able to talk to somebody that's been so invested in the house and to have managed to get to the other line I think it's really inspiring for people that are probably listening or watching this because you know, sometimes it can feel like an endless journey. So mm. to see you and to see you're smiling and to see the interior design. <laughs> <And> sweating. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it's roasting in this room. Um, but yeah, I, I really appreciate your time. So thank you very much. Um, and if people want to get in touch with you or find you, what's the best place to do that? Yeah, I have uh, an Instagram page. It's a house in the letter N home um, that I just kind of fire up bits on that. But yeah, and like, I suppose that's what I find about that community, like that I've learned so much from people and I no problems with people sending a message and asking a question, like it could be about a tile or it could be about insulation or whatever it is. Loads of measurements. You always get asked, like, what's the length of like your slider or how long is your peninsula? But like, it takes you two seconds to answer um yeah so far away any questions yeah thanks very much no problem I really appreciate your time thank you so much for listening to the podcast it really really means a lot if you want to find out more from breed you can find her on instagram at a house in home and as i mentioned at the start of the podcast you can also view the youtube episode on the get in our home youtube channel where you can see breed sending home and all of the unique features we spoke about I've just set up getting our home with the aim of helping people that are on their own home building journey. As we're only new, I would really, really appreciate it if you could click subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to this on. It'll cost you absolutely nothing and really help us to keep going with the content. It'll also help you to stay notified when we release new episodes. We're going to be releasing a new podcast and corresponding YouTube episode every second Sunday. So stay tuned and subscribed for all things home building. Thanks and hope to see you all soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.